to the Lifehouse Church Beloved podcast. My name is Linda Hobson and I'm joined here by Carolyn Thomas and Debbie Singh. How are you going girls? Good. good. So we're in our second session of our podcast um, series on strongholds and rejection. So just to have a quick recap, we talked about last week um, about about strongholds, how they come from, that they, you know, it's a lot of them develop in our childhood or sort of other moments in our life like for example loss of relationships times that we're vulnerable um and it's a, a like a, a stronghold is a you know a fortification a defense that we build within ourselves um to ensure that we don't get hurt so we're going to look at 2 corinthians 10 verses 4 to 5 it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world on the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Carolyn, what do you want to say? Yeah, I, I think it's important to realise a stronghold is there to defend something and what it's actually defending is the wrong belief system. That's what it's in place for, to, to maintain and defend it so that you will keep that wrong belief system and if we look at that verse where it's arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. Now I used to read that and just think, yeah, it's talking about people that don't like God or arguing. And, and one day God just really showed me that that arguments and every pretension comes from me in my stronghold. Mm. It's all my arguments of why I'm holding on to this and whatever. And things are setting themselves up against the knowledge of God. In other words, it's anything Against the knowledge of God is anything that is contrary to the word and to what God says. And so, you know, we have all these arguments and, and these thoughts where we justify ourselves um, for why we actually have these wrong belief systems and that we're not believing what the word says. Cool. Um, so we're going to be talking more today about um, strongholds and rejection. And we're going to start off with talking about the intended purpose of a stronghold. What do they do? Does anyone else want to say something before I get started? Before you go? I I just um, said that it's an attempt to keep one safe. However, all it does is keep them captive. So it's our attempt to keep ourselves safe, but all it does is keep us captive. That's awesome. That's really good. And that's it in a nutshell, basically, Mm. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, they're just here to weaken us and take us out before we even realise our potential. Right, well, I just thought, you know, there's t- uh, when I first thought of that, they're just laughing at me because I've got, like, ten pages of notes on this <laughs> book, you know. Carol's prepared her book. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as I was writing it, um, I just thought there's actually two purposes that come from two different sources. And and the, and the first one is usually the enemy, okay, so well, definitely he, he is one of the sources and he has a purpose and he's usually the one that fires the arrow, we talked about this last week, of the thought which contains the lie, because remember we said strongholds get formed where you have an emotional situation where you're wounded and then an arrow comes which is a thought and, it's, and that's the lie that's trying to come in because once that lie can take root then that becomes the belief system and then the stronghold protects that. So he's the one that will fire that and as I said last week he's very patient, he can wait for ages and years and years. And So let's say for example, if I try and make it a bit practical, that um, let's say your father was not there for you when you were growing up. Or maybe later in life you were abused by a male who should have protected you 
or you were betrayed and I mean obviously there's lots of other situations but Satan is always waiting ready to take opportunity to get you into bondage and that's what you said Debbie you know get you into bondage and he will always be ready to energize or capitalize on a situation so the situation occurs so let's say you you know you get betrayed or you get hurt or the person's not there and then you're emotionally vulnerable because you're hurting that arrow gets fired that might look like this it can come in this form and again remember he will send it you know often in a first person thought so you maybe don't realize it's not your thinking um i need to look after myself i can't trust men they'll hurt me, they're never there for me when I need them. So I've got to protect myself because no one else will. And so there the intended purpose from Satan's point of view is to get you into bondage because then you're enslaved to him in that particular area. Mm. And remember his sole purpose is to hurt God because he hates God and he hates us as well equally because God loves us so much and, and we, you know, we're his favourites or I'm his favourite, but yeah, you're all his favourite. <laughs> But, you know, you think of it as, as a, as a mum as well. We're all mums here. Like, what's the biggest thing that, or the biggest way that people can hurt you? It's to go for your kids, isn't it? Mm. Um, and so Satan comes to kill and steal and destroy, and he wants you to be in bondage to him because that's going to hurt you and it's going to hurt God. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Galatians that Jesus came to set us free and to give us that opportunity to live abundantly right now and not just... Um, you know, when we die and go to heaven. But if you're in bondage in any area, then you're going to be enslaved by fear because that results from that wrong thinking and you're not living in that freedom and that joy. And, you know, when I was writing this, I was just thinking about it, that it doesn't matter if you're in bondage in just one small area, one wrong belief, because that's enough, okay, to, it's going to crop up all the time. Satan's going to help make sure of that. And, you know, you think about it, you think, you think about it all the time constantly and it's got that power to steal and take away your joy and, and all the rest of your areas where you might not be in bondage. And um, I was just thinking about it last night. If, think of a cage, okay, because if you're in bondage, you're in prison, you're trapped. Mm. So if, if you think of a cage and think of yourself sitting outside, you might be have 99% freedom, but you've got one wrong belief system or one area in bondage. So think of yourself outside the cage, but with your arm, or your finger or your leg sticking through the bars of that cave. That stops you from getting up and running in the field and enjoying yourself, doesn't it? Just that one, even if you've just got a finger that's stuck in that cage that you can't get out. Yeah. And, and think of a bird, even of a bird sitting and just the tip of its wing is through the cage and it's mm -hmm. stuck, it can't fly, can it? Mm -hmm. So you could be free in 99% and you have that one area of bondage and that's what's gonna keep pulling you out because mm -hmm. it's like a chain on your mm -hmm. leg. You know, you go so far and then it just pulls you back again all the time. Mm. And, you know, that's what a huge purpose then of, of the stronghold is to keep you from living abundantly and more importantly to keep you from achieving your call and destiny. And, you know, you could be traveling, like I said, pretty well most times and then every time you reach a certain point, you get yanked back again. And basically either you're free or you're not free. Mm. You can't be partially free, mm. you know, and, and still have areas and... So, you know, if you think of that, going back to that example I gave about maybe a man in your life that's betrayed you or for me it was my dad not being around, not being there. And you know where that really hit me and that I've had to struggle with and, and where it wounded me? It was my sense of worth. Am I useful? Am I worth being around? No. And, you know, as long as you feel like that deep down, if you believe you're worthless, that you might be able to function most times okay. 
you might get words that, and I've had this of how God wants to use you and wants you to step up. But you know what? That chain will keep pulling you back when you get to a certain point. Like you've got nothing to offer. Pull you back, pull you back. So, yeah, so I thought that was really and you know important that, that there's a purpose that Satan has for it and that's that. And then the second purpose is what you said, Debbie, from our point of view. We think it's going to protect mm -hmm. us from ever being hurt again in that particular area. And, um, you know, the problem with that is because we've made bars on what we're going to do to not be hurt again. For example, I'm never going to open my heart to to another man or whatever, and they're going to let them close. Then we react and we behave out of that, and that puts people off. It keeps them at a distance, and then they react and behave towards us on the basis <laughs> of that, and then it just entrenches it because, again, we'll say, like, see, I was right. This is what happened again. And so it just reinforces that, and, and it's just like another brick being built on um, being built on all the time. So really strongholds, they enslave you, they don't provide the protection you mm. thought they would because it's all a lie. Mm. And they're based on lies put to us when we're most vulnerable, when we're emotionally charged. And, you know, this is why, it's, and I'm sorry, I know I'm really going on here, but I think this is really important. It's really important that we are very careful with our self-talk. Mm. Um, and, and our out loud talk as well, because when you've just received some form of emotional upset, you need to be really careful about what's coming out of your mouth. Because emotional, uh, the emotional areas where you are always going to take the hurt first, and what you do at that point is crucial, because it's here that the enemy is going to try and gain entry into your life, gain a foothold. And so um, you, you need to be so careful. All you need to do is accept that thought that gets fired and actually voice it, oh, I've done it again, I'm useless or whatever, and then that's it, he's got you at that point, he's got a foothold in and got bondage. Skin, skin. <laughs> so, are these strongholds invisible? Would you say it's kind of like an iceberg? <laughs> Not even set <laughs> under the surface. I'd say, sorry girls, they aren't. You might think they are <laughs> for a certain time, you might be able to keep them from people and from yourself, but, you know, because, as we've said before, as you think, so you act, your behaviours and all your interactions are springing from those strongholds, people are, get, are going to eventually notice. Yeah. And then, of course, if you're surrounded by people who are, you know, godly, um, discerning people, then they're going to be able to identify as well, you know, strongholds in certain areas. And But you know what? God wants to bring them to the surface because mm -hmm. if they don't come to the surface, you're not going to ever deal with them. And, and you need to deal with them to be fully free and not held back from being everything that we are called to be. And so he does want to bring them to the surface. It's not a bad thing, although we might scrabble and try and back <laughs> yeah. to protect or whatever, but it's important that they do yeah. come up. Mm -hmm. I've got in my notes, <laughs> are they invisible? The behaviour that is a result is certainly yeah. not. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, we can fool ourselves in our minds um, that we're all okay, everything's good, but... It's when you get into that like a pressure situation, you all like that pressure point, mm. little hot button, yeah, every time. And that's what's really true, isn't it? It's where pressure comes that you actually see it. So you might be travelling what you think fairly well for a long time and think you've got it all together and then it's that pressure that actually shows it. Mm. So if you want to know what they are, if you are asking the Holy Spirit to show them, um, to you, which we would all be doing after this, right? Because you really do want to get better and better. I've been taught by David and Carolyn that asking God to do things like that's a really <laughs> bad idea. <laughs> it's, only for, it's because we almost have this unspoken, oh God, I don't trust what you're going to do here. 
I want so, patience. No, no, don't ask. <laughs> but but just remember that, you know, if, if there are things that the Holy Spirit wants to bring to you, you may very well be put in a pressure situation so that it can actually be get exposed for you to actually Even see Even if it. you don't ask. Yes. <laughs> and if you, so you're, you're, you're going to hit that wall either way. <laughs> and if you don't see it, you could always ask somebody because you know what people usually see. <laughs> yeah, ask David. <laughs> All right, can, can um, someone give an example? Let's all give an example of a stronghold that we've struggled with, um, how that sort of came about. Okay, I'll go first then. Start in. <laughs> all right, so one, one of these, um, one of, notice I say one of, because <laughs> obviously we can have more than one. Well, um, one of the one of the ones that I was reminded of was um, something that had come up on Beloved um, Retreat last year, and uh, the the lie that I had was that I'm very ordinary and not someone who's worth pursuing. Uh, I guess I had gone through a long period of time waiting and waiting and waiting for my husband to come along from God, and um, and through that time, bit by bit. I, and again, this is one I don't actually know where it began, but bit by bit those seeds were planted that, you know, you have to go after them. They, they're they not going to come after you because you're not worth pursuing. And um, and so um, on, on Beloved, sorry, I'll just put a quick aside in there. When it came to my husband, who I'm now married to, we um, there wasn't a lot of pursuit there either. Not that he didn't obviously want what me but yeah there wasn't a lot of pursuit because by the time we met it was we just knew that that's what god had for us so i still had that you know in the back of my mind that maybe i wasn't actually worth pursuing so um but in one of the sessions we had to write down on a stone what a lie that we believed and i was thinking i don't really know god you know i've just gone through a heap of healing you know i've gotten rid of all these things haven't i and so um, he he showed me a picture of me running, chasing after God and just chasing after him and, and just, you know, you know, you see those great scenes of you you're running, which are nothing slow like when you actually are. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Slow motion <laughs> through a meadow. That's exactly how he showed me. And um, he showed me, you know, and I was getting tired and I was just, but I, I, I was, I just wanted to run to him and um, and he just said to me stop and so I stopped and he said turn around and right behind me was Jesus and he showed me that and that my whole life he'd been pursuing me and that he had made me specifically for him and that he had been pursuing me all that time and so the next day when we got to write those things and throw them into the lake, I, I couldn't believe how hard I threw that rock, honestly. I just said, oh, I'll just chuck it in, but it, it I don't know what happened to my arm. <laughs> it was overcome and I, I just threw that. And But, yeah, just to know that, yeah, it, it wasn't something that I, you know, I, I even realised I had, you know, and, and even now that I am happily married, I it's not something that I probably would have even noticed except that, yeah, it just was one of those it, like you say, you know, it might have might have stayed there for quite a long time until a point where a pressure point could have come, and who knows, it might have been something in my marriage that might have yeah. come up, and and you know, 
it would have gone kaboom probably. Yeah, but yeah, that's I was really thankful that God showed me that. And you know what you're saying that it might have stayed, but now it came up. I mean, the Holy Spirit's wonderful like that mm. as well because you know God does want to deal with all this stuff, but He also just doesn't hit you with it all at once. You know, He He's so gracious yeah. in that as well that He'll bring us to the point where we're ready now to mm. deal with it in its time. So that's that's lovely. That's awesome. Mm. Um, a stronghold that I've really struggled with um, has been a deep, deep belief that I have to earn God's approval and earn His love and earn any favour or any goodwill that He has towards me. And, you know, that His approval of me was directly linked to my behaviour and my attitudes. And, um, you know, it was a case of, of believing that God loved me and He's pleased with me when I behaved with myself and when I had correct thoughts and... Um, attitudes in my head and heart so it wasn't even just my behavior all my thoughts and everything had to be correct otherwise he disapproved um of me and how that came about was was basically from my upbringing because my dad i had a dad who never praised but he did criticize and he'd pull us up you know if you knock a glass of water he'd call you a bloody idiot and stuff like that you know there was never any verbal affirmation no physical affection shown at all except when he was drunk he would come and wake you up and sort of pull your nose and then you would like be rejecting him and so he would just reject you and you know just sort of curse and walk away and stuff and and he never ever sat down and talked with us or anything like that asking how we were and stuff and how we coped and so no emotional nurturing or input at all except to just basically dismiss any emotions as nonsense and as a weakness and disapprove of crying or any other emotional display and you were talking about that Lena about not showing emotion. I can remember when David and I first started going out and he took me on this beautiful drive, this really scenic drive and in some beautiful areas of South Africa and even when you know when we first married down some beautiful, you know, the, some of the best scenery in the world and it just didn't move me at all. I was just like mm. and, and that was because of emotional shutdown, mm. you know, even things like that didn't stir me. Um, but anyway, so, you know, he never said he was proud of us. He never celebrated any of our achievements, really physically came to anything if we do doing sports or whatever, maybe once a year or once every two or three years to one match just because it was sort of, you know, probably we'd beg him or something. He didn't even come to my university graduation and he wasn't going to come to my wedding either because I wasn't having alcohol. So, but I mean, I'm not, you know, to bag him. I'm just saying from that came this deep, deep sense of, um, needing to earn approval and to earn my worth and, and a lot of shame as well. I've carried a lot of shame and you know that when you're talking about beloved retreat, that's the thing that God brought to me that I was carrying shame. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so you know, when I wanted him to be there or to be at something and, and to show me he was proud of there, he just wasn't there. And so the lie that was offered to me there that formed the stronghold is that you're a disappointment. And you need to try harder, you need to do better, and then he'll be proud of you. Do better so he'll want to be around. And so, you know, I took that on. And sorry, I've got about like pages and pages <laughs> going on too much. So I took that on board. And, and you know, the, the internal bias I said was, I've got to do better. I'm not good enough. I'm a disappointment. And from that, fear came in as well, fear and shame. And then fear, the fear of disapproval, fear of being punished. But at the same time, feeling that I deserve to be punished every time I did something wrong. And that constant striving. And then that got projected onto God. Remember I said that often the root of it, you know, if it doesn't start there, it will get projected onto God as well. Was, And that deeply, deeply has influenced my view of God as Father and how he relates to me. Um, you know, so constant striving, feeling condemned. 
And then from that, you let in fear of man as well, because then you're concerned about other people's opinion because you constantly, it's like this big black hole that is looking for affirmation all the time. And so for me, and that's one of the things that's really, if you want to give me a present, if you gave me a million dollars, it would not seriously mean as much to me as if you gave me a whole lot of words of affirmation and you wrote that down for me in a card. So there you go, girls. That's what <laughs> it's my fiftieth this year. So you give me I'll take a But really, you know, that transfers onto that fear of man as well, because then, because you're looking for this approval and affirmation, you almost look for it anywhere, and so you look for it in people and. You know, for different people, it can look different as well. Some become passive to keep everybody happy and people pleases, and some will rise and fall emotionally on someone's opinion. Like if, if we went to church today and they didn't say my hair looked nice or my top looked nice, I'd go and spend the whole week feeling really upset because, you know, if my friend didn't say something to me, some people will become workaholics or obsessive in other areas, just that constant trying to prove your worth. And I guess for me what it probably most looked like was a reluctance to step into my calling. Okay, now that might sound a bit weird, but I'll explain it. And, you know, as a dragging of my heels and getting up to teach and preach. And it took me 20 years to get up for the first time, not for, for want of David trying to push <laughs> me in that, but digging in my heels because I've been so focused on how disappointed God is with me instead of seeing that he champions me and how delighted he is with any of my efforts. It was just all on the negative, like he's disappointed with me. I couldn't see that. He'd be delighted at each little step or if I try to st take a step. And and I've always waited until I feel that it's going to be 100% that I'm going to say the right thing. I'm not going to get this wrong. And this is too important. You know, that's the excuse I'll use with preaching as well. I mean, I do take, obviously, the privilege very seriously in the pulpit, but I just have to be absolutely 100% ready and make sure that I perform 100%. Um, you know, for me as well, um, my gifting is, is in the prophetic as well, one of them. And, and and I haven't been speaking out, you know, I've got all these words about where I'm going to speak the deep truths and I haven't been doing it because it's, uh, you know, my excuse I tell myself as well, you know, I'm not going to tell someone this is what God's saying unless I'm absolutely a thousand percent sure because that's really important. I cannot get it wrong. And, you know, um, God's shown, shown me that, you know, that from there has come a fear of any risk because the wrong belief is I have to earn his approval and his love. And so I have a fear of taking risk because if I'm going to get it wrong, I'm going to have more disapproval and he's not, you know, going to earn his love. And, yeah, so I probably should wrap it up there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Tell us why you're laughing. Because <laughs> it's just like a really abrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I just sort of thought these girls are looking a bit glazed. No, just winded up. <laughs> no, I was just thinking that you know, as as um, delicately as we put our strongholds together, how delicate they are to actually pull apart yeah, again. Yeah. They don't just get smashed down Done, in one yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was thinking. No, I wasn't glazing over. I was actually well, just thinking about that. I don't know. You're thinking about something else instead of listening to it. No, no, no. I was thinking. Yeah. I was thinking. No. You know, you're, you're, that's something that you're still going yeah. through. You yeah. know, and yeah. and there's lot there's lots that I'm of, of things that I know that I've I've believed for a long time, but I even though I don't believe it anymore, I've still got to remind myself daily of yes to to have that self talk of no, that's not true. Yeah. That's a lie, and I need to respond this way and not. And what you say is really important because although we, you know, you get renewed and transformed and changed through changing your thinking, 
but you still have all those old behavior patterns that have become habits and like you say mm. so all that thinking change you've got to constantly remind yourself of that mm. and, and talking about the stronghold coming down as well it is it's one brick at a time because i think it would just kill us if it was all just smashed down and mm. you know not that we want to spend 40 years but it might have taken 40 years building up and you know it does take time yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, for me, one of the my biggest sort of struggles is the lie. Um, I'm worthless and I'm not important. And then because that was that was like the dominant thing. And then um, coming off from that was you know having to earn people's love um, and work really hard sort of thing to do well to get approval and um, and also that. You know, I wasn't important, therefore what I had to say wasn't important. Mm. Um, yeah, and, you know, there was, and it's so often, I think some of our wins can really just be like some throwaway comment that something says, you know, um, it was, this happened was, um, two weeks before my 13th birthday. Um, my, my dad had just made some throwaway comment to me. It just really struck me to the bone. He made some comment, um, you know, he was having problems with sort of teenage people who were being breaking glass windows and stuff like that and he having to constantly repair them. And he just um, made some throwaway comment in anger that, oh, teenagers, they're just so worthless. And I was just so struck in that moment, you know, in that, that period of time when you're really sort of unsure about yourself. And I was so struck with that, like, doesn't he realise in two weeks I'm going to be 13, I'm going to be a teenager, I'm... I'm worthless and like and compounded by the fact that this is my dad and he said that right in front of me and he's forgotten that it's my birthday in two weeks and that I'll be one of those people who were therefore worthless um yeah and I was just like really struck down um right to my core with that um yeah and it really caused me to sort of withdraw from, from people, um, you know, really resulted in such deep insecurity, difficulty speaking to people, to forming relationships, um, you know, it meant that I accepted behaviour towards myself that was unacceptable because I didn't believe that I was worth someone treating me well, looking after me, um, you know, and yeah, it's been sort of dismantling that it's taken quite a bit of the times sort of thing, but yeah. And I think what you said is important there, like you know, like you referring to it as a throwaway comment or whatever. In other words, I gather you mean by that he's he wasn't intending it to he wasn't you. Like maliciously yeah, and it's not intended to target to, you, yeah. but but that's the thing, um, you know, the, the actual wound that comes can be an actual wound or it can just be perceived. Mm. You know, it can be a perceived rejection that's not necessarily, you know, but like you say, it gets energised by the enemy and we take it on board. Okay, so we've um, spilled a bit of our hearts here today. Um, you know, we've shared a bit of our sort of personal story and sort of what that's looked like in our lives. So our challenge today, girls, is for you and, and any men listening, because this is for, for all of us to identify any strongholds and walls that you have in your life and trace the the wrong belief behind it so you know so you know you can start at your behavior and step it through what, what am i saying to myself when i'm doing this stepping it back to the original um seed of that so you know go to the bible see what the truth is and replace that begin replacing that 
begin speaking that rather than the lie. So we'd like you to identify that, yeah, and really just start meditating upon the, the, the opposite truth. Carolyn? Um, just before we yeah, sign off, uh, I just want to say that, you know, that whole thing, like Lena's saying, go to the word, um, you know, for things like if any of you there can, can understand that, uh, identify, sorry, with needing to earn God's approval and his love or feeling worthless, just remember the word tells us that while we were still sinners, God loved us. Yeah. While we were still sinners, so while we are doing all that and we might have been really horrible, he still loved us. The word also tells us that nothing can separate us from his love. And that's what he showed me there, including our own behavior. Mm. So for me thinking he didn't love, he was saying, um, my love for you, my acceptance, my affirmation, my approval is not conditional on you, on how you behave. It's because of who I am. And the word tells us that. The word also says you are chosen. He actually picked you and chose you. The word also says that we have the righteousness of Christ. So when, when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Um, and, and we also need to realize that God wants to be our protector. You know, we built these things up to try and protect ourselves, but he wants to be our protector. He wants to be our strong tower, our stronghold. And I just want to leave you with Psalm 91 verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust Psalm 18.30, he is a shield for all who take refuge in him. Excellent, cool. Um, so thanks for listening, guys and girls. Um, we just really pray that this is you know, impacting you and um, really speaking into your situation and helping you sort of dismantle those lies in your life that you may walk in true freedom. Um, that's all for us today. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can jump onto our website, life-house.net, or you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash lifehouseministries. We'd love to hear from you. We'll see you next time.